The Mighty Whites podcast is recorded at the Medicine Room Studios. For more information, visit medicineroomstudios.com. Hi and welcome to episode 54 of the Mighty Whites podcast. We're top of the league, so nothing really to complain about. I'm Jack, and as always, joined by KC. Hello. Uh, this will probably be relatively short, because there's not a great deal of off-field news. And due to international break, we've only got one game to preview. But we've got three games to look back at. Uh, I know that you didn't see much at League Cup game, but I think you managed to see it over two, KC. Uh, yes. Nice one. Uh, start with Brentford game, then. That, this was a really good win, I thought. We played really well. We deserved probably more than a one-goal win. Yeah, they did a. I think Brentford did a very good job of, of pressing us for pretty much the whole of the first half. Outside of, I I, I have no excuse for this because I was listening to the commentary and I still don't know how to pronounce his name. Is it Mbuemo? Did we go with um, Mbuemo? Everyone says Mbuemo, but his name is E U, not U E. So I think it might be like Mbumo. Bumo. But I I don't know. Whatever it was, it was a great effort, and you know where our seats are. When you're back in yeah. the country, it was di- we were directly behind it. The second he hit it, it looked in. I was I was amazed yeah. when it came back out. Yeah, that was uh, definitely the best chance of the first half. I think Bamford had one or two decent chances. There was the one when uh, he had the header when the goalkeeper challenged him as well, and it and it bounced wide, which was a tough chance. Yeah, he had that and one other header within about five minutes of each other. But that was the one I thought was the better chance of the two. Yeah. But overall, you know, it was a very... I, th- I think the best way to describe it would be two teams cancelling each other out, almost. Yeah, I thought um, the midfield especially cancelled itself out, which is what made the changes that Bielsa made so good. Yeah, we... Uh, and then pretty much for the second half, we were just on top the whole time. <coughs> we were just... Excuse me. Uh, oh, <coughs> he's choking on his beer. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> We just turned it up a level in the second half and just we caused them a lot of problems. And like you said, I think in the end, the fact they only finished 1-0 after the way we attacked in the second half is it's probably a, a bit of a disappointment. But at the same time, it was good that, you know, that's the sort of game where I think towards the end of last season, panic mode would have set in and that, and that goal wouldn't have come. Yeah, it, it was very good seeing us play with two up front for a bit once we had Nketiah and Bamford up front I mean there were loads of little things about it obviously we were overloading one side and playing a very asymmetric formation and stuff like that but the other thing with it was with them having three at the back even if one got dragged out every time we got the ball wide and Bamford still got on the end of a couple in fairness to him but they were able to just congregate around him and make it so he couldn't really do much mm. and you could tell they'd been used to doing that because although Bamford does make a good run across, they, the defenders, once that ball goes through Janssen's legs, the other two are naturally sucked in tight because that's what they've been doing for 70 minutes. And that yeah. just, it just leaves Nketiah with so much room. But uh, it was a great ball from Costa as well to pick him out. It was a nice bit of a added bonus that he megged Janssen with it. Yeah, it was it was a nice bit of play. And, and again, just kind of a testament to the fact we just kept pressing them and it's great to have that sort of pace coming off the bench with Costa just bursting down the wing. Yeah, he really is rapid at this level, isn't Ketia? He'll be quick in the Premier League, but he's 
yeah. really quick in the championship. And by the time it finds its way to the edge of the six-yard box, there was, there was no chance of of him catching missing that. No. And, and you'd, like you say, I think it was a, a win we deserved. Um, obviously, you were there, so can you? Uh, what what was the what was the reaction like for for Pontus throughout the game? He got a few boos, but I would honestly say that they were kind of you know the mild mannered boo. Yeah. That sort of just like a having a laugh boo. He wasn't really get. He didn't get any abuse or anything. He got booed a little bit at the start and when he was on the ball, but it was quite light, mostly from the south stand. Uh, the funniest part was after the game finished when Janssen was walking down, because obviously they were defending at the cop end second half. So he had mm. to walk towards the south stand to walk towards the tunnel. And as he was walking up, all the south stand were going, ooh, you know, like like he would do when he was going to go up and do his <laughs> fist bump. <laughs> That was quite funny, but the uh, the place pretty much exploded when Enketia scored. He was a uh, he's fast. He is fast becoming a cult, a bit of a cult hero already. Yeah, uh, Ian Wright was there to watch him as well. Yeah, I think Ian Wright is a. I, th- I think if he could get away with it, he'd become Eddie Wright Enketia. Is it bad that I looked at Ian Wright's Wikipedia just to make sure he wasn't an adopted son? <laughs> Yes, because I'm joking. If you checked, <laughs> that's worse. I did actually check. I think he. It's just he's becoming like a de facto footballing uncle for him. I think. <laughs> Are you a young player at Arsenal? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was funny. It was funny to see him there. Like, because I, I, you know, I, outside of Enkechi being there, I can't see many reasons for him being there. But nice to see, and and the the birth of the Eddie chant as well. Yeah. I think him. I think they have like legitimately become friends at this point. Him and him, like, I think they're like relatively close. But no, yeah. the the Eddie chant is good. Uh, it's way better than the one I had in my head, which does kind of fit. But like with most of the ones I come up with, it's a bit too much of a niche song. Okay. I wanted to do Animal Nitrate by Suede, but as Eddie and Ketcher. <laughs> Oh, what a song. Now he's come, he's scoring for fun. Eddie and Ketcher is why. <laughs> but I think that'd be harder to get going at the South Stand than Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> Brady's got a new song as well, hasn't he? Oh, yeah, that's really good at the Si Senor. I actually, I did hear that at Wigan. Yeah. Generally speaking, they tend to get away, they get going away, and then get picked up when we get back. That's what happened with um, the Kiko Pablo. Yeah, yeah, a couple of good songs to to match a good performance, and yeah, that was that was brilliant. I think Brentford will probably be there or thereabouts after. I think I think if you give them kind of a month to to get that team to gel a bit more, I think I think they'll be, I think they'll be contending for the playoffs. I'd imagine. Yeah, definitely. Like they. They definitely looked better than their position in the table would suggest. If they keep playing like that and they're just... I feel like they're sort of a couple of people being in form away from being really good. Like, I saw I saw a chart earlier that was like the... You know, the attacking XG versus the defensive XG. The, the one that we broke? Yeah, the one where we're literally off the scale. But Brentford are way above the halfway mark. Mm. So they'll be 
they'll be there or thereabouts, I would think. Just just before we, we move on from this as well, because I, I, from watching the last couple of games, what do you do you kind of make of the team so far that that we've come up against? Because most have tended to press us early. And then run out of steam. Uh, yeah, and I, I think because I think the, the two options teams look to go with is either try and press as early and hope to get a goal from it or just sit back and hope we kind of punch ourselves out. Yeah, it's a bit weird. Bristol City weren't nearly as good as I thought they'd be. Uh, like, they really... In fact, they were... I, I thought that they would be a lot stronger than they were. Uh, I think Brentford looked decent. They just weren't quite there. Uh, Stoke... In the, Stoke looked crap. <laughs> Except for like 10 minutes at the start, they really didn't look up to much. Forest didn't look particularly good, but they've looked better in other games. I don't think we've played anyone yet who I'd say is a challenger. Yeah. Early, early from looking, uh, I know that um, they're on a, John McKenzie and Jamie Kemper on the back. this on the that all stats, aren't we, that they do, which is very good, by the way, and you should definitely listen to it. Search all stats, aren't we, and you'll find it. Uh they were saying us, Fulham and West Brom. And I haven't seen that much of West Brom, but I definitely think at the minute the two standouts are us, are us and Fulham. Yeah, they, they Fulham had that the rough opening day. but uh, they, they, got beat by, they got beat by Forrest as well, didn't they? Yeah. But I don't think either one was deserved. And then and then it was Millwall they absolutely dominated, wasn't it, I think? Yeah. When we played. Yeah, I think that, that's the one where at the end of the first half, hadn't they had 81% possession or something no, stupid? at the end of the first half, it was about 89. Oh, that was it. Sorry, it was... By the end of the game, I think it set the record since they started tracking it. it was, I think it was 84.9% possession or something. I think Tim Ream at centre-back completed nearly 160 passes, I think. Gee, I mean, it puts Kiko's passing into... Yeah. Perspective. I am too fair play to him as well. Cause what is it now? Four get or three games in a row where Kiko Kasi has completed more pass than any opposing player. Yeah, but he's been. I'll tell you what. He's been a lot more solid lately. Last four games. I I know he got a hand to Danny Buff's header in the League Cup game, but I still don't think he could have done a lot about it. But we'll uh, we'll move on to the Stoke away game, which I thought we were fucking phenomenal in, to be honest. So I slept through the first half. Oh, yeah, you did. You messaged me, didn't you? Yeah, I got a phone call from uh, my insurance company asking me about my uh, testicular-related issues at 8 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, which is exactly what you want. It is when Leeds are playing. It's a good job of fucking wrong you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was able to... So I watched the second half anyway. Because I think, the, I, think I woke up to a message from you about the goal, which I then found on the the opening goal and watched on Twitter. And that was just ridiculous football for yeah, the championship. It, it was absolutely brilliant. I mean, I think it was, Farshaw won it back, little ball into Harrison, Harrison first time to Hernandez, Hernandez first time, cross field along the floor in behind, and Dallas has run away from McLean. Dallas, who seems a yard quicker this season. Pace, pace 18 in Dallas. Yeah, he really... Just flew by him. Yeah, and really good finish as well. Really calm. Took it first time. No issues whatsoever. It was one of better team goals you're going to see all season. Yeah. And that, that pass from Hernandez was perfect. It was almost like he was warming up for one later as well. Yeah, it, it was truly brilliant. Like, Stoke were in this game for about 10 minutes. 
there was 10 minutes at the start before we switched properly to this 5 3 2 sort of thing. Well, 3 5 2 is more accurate. In fact, 3 4 1 2 is more accurate. <laughs> yeah, because it, um, it had Hernandez as more of a 10, so 3 4 1 2 is a better way to describe it. But once we switched into that formation, they did not get near us. I, I wouldn't have been sure. If we'd have won that 5 or 6, it wouldn't have flattered us. I, uh, yeah, watched the extended highlights of this game again just before we came on and there's so little that they that they do in this game to trouble us um which is impressive because cooper cooper pulled out this one pretty much on the verge of kickoff well not on the verge of kickoff but kind of at the warm-ups didn't he he was because he traveled with the team yeah he did travel but it was a doubt going in so i don't i don't think they were that shocked yeah so again that that's our barati come back in in the middle and just business as usual I i think I kind of took a look at the squad and, and asked you about it. And I think you told me that it, it basically looks more like Dallas and, and Alioski would, uh, were playing a bit higher up the field. Yeah, they were really attacking wing-backs. Well, I, I mean, say say what you will about Stuart Dallas making the run on that pass from Hernandez. When Alioski is scoring a goal on the edge of the six-yard box, it, it says a lot about the attacking intent of your wing-backs. Yeah, it was it was weird because we ended up with the, like, the three sort of three centre-backs, but we almost had two number 10s at times because Click sort of pushed up alongside Hernandez and just left Forshaw behind and Phillips a bit deeper. But we really, we just played brilliant stuff. Like the second goal, that's, it's well worked into the box, but it's a really good cross that from Bamford. And obviously left wing yeah. back six yards out to finish it off. And then the, the third goal... The third goal, the pass from Hernandez to Alioski is it is legitimately world class. Absolutely, again, absolutely pin perfect. And I think I think one of the things that kind of stu- sums up Stokes' run at the moment was as that ball's going through, Dallas makes a run with the defender, and I think he gets tripped. I don't even think the defender pulls him down or anything. He just he just seems to trip. I know it's a Bielsa team, mate, but calling the centre forward Dallas. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, uh Bamford gets <laughs> tripped on the edge of the box. And then as this happens, the defender keeps moving back. And this just allows Dallas the ex uh, keep doing it now. That's twice. Uh, allows <laughs> I really like Stuart. honestly, I do want to have a chat about Stuart Dallas. I'm enamoured right now. Um You're getting a bit of a crush. Ah, uh, very much so. Uh, but just that trip kind of allows Bamford the extra two yards at the edge of the box, which I think is very unlucky if you Stoke. You know, I think it very much sums up the position they're in. Yeah, good finish though from Dallas. Uh, ah, you made me do that. Ah. You did that. I should have played that <laughs> off as deliberate, as if I was taking the piss, but it's because you've got in my head. <laughs> Living uh. rent free, as they would say on Twitter. Because I, I think through this, obviously Stoke made a couple of changes, and I, you know I, I think it was almost a case of trying to lay down the law. Butland got dropped because of his awful performance before this, and I thought Federici actually had a decent game for them. He made some very good saves. Yeah, I'd, if I was giving a man at match for Stoke, it'd have been Federici because he made a couple of really good saves. He made that one from Helder Costa after he came on that was a really good save. Yeah. Yeah, full full stretch diving save to tip it wide. Um, 
I don't think there was there's none of the goals he could have done anything about. I don't think. No, uh, maybe the the third one that Alioski shots from a very tight angle. Maybe he could have not pushed it back into the middle. No. Outside of that, he couldn't have done much. And then Tomins was off as well, and Tomins seemed to be waiting to come on for ages. Uh, he seemed to be on the sideline for about five, six minutes, just waiting to come on, and it just never seemed to happen. Yeah, he was, and here's a reference that no one will understand. He was a regular Chris Goodwin, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> it's to be hoped some people who played football wheels as a kid listen to this. <laughs> yeah, as a yeah, as a, as a fifteen-year-old substitute, when you're told, right, you're coming on in two minutes, you you knew that was a solid ten. Yeah. But uh, no, good good results in the league. Uh, I forgot to mention, I had us drawing with Brentford because I had it in my head that Janssen had scored a late equaliser. You had a 2-0 win, so you get two points. We both had us beating Stoke. You had 3-2. I had 2-0. Uh, then the second game against Stoke, which obviously... I mean, obviously 2-2, we got beat 5-4 on penalties. We're out at League Cup. Are you that bothered? No. And I, th- and I think the issue is the issue with the cups now is it's not even just a case of mid-table Premier League teams down that care about it. If you are any team in any division that is that has something to play for, yeah, it, whether you're League Two, League One, Championship, if you are pushing for promotion, it's it's just seen as a hindrance now. So if you're pushing to achieve anything this season, it's just going to get in the way. So it's it's easy to go out, and it and it very much told with the starting lineup we put out that was even weaker than the team we put out against Salford. Yeah, we'll go through the lineup. Obviously, Casilla kept his place in goal, which I I can't understand why he didn't give Mesley a game to be honest. But it doesn't really matter. Keep, keep the one play, position that isn't going to get tired is keeper. Mm. But. This is where it started to get really interesting. Back three of Berardi, Phillips and Leif Davis. So Leeds played no centre-backs in this game. Yeah, when when they announced the team, I was struggling to put this together. I imagine whoever the social you know the social media guy when he's given the starting lineup must just look at that at times and just go, I don't have a clue. Yeah, that's why they don't set them out in the formation. They just put a list of names down. But, yeah. Uh, no, it was weird with that. And then we had... Um, well, we thought before the game that it was going to be Shackleton right wing back, Douglas left wing back, but it wasn't. It was Costa right wing back and Douglas left wing back. And then and then we had uh, McCalmont, Shackleton and Bogarts in the middle. Clark left. Uh, it, it was a bit all over. Like Shackleton kind of pulled right at times as well. It was a really strange formation to be in. Obviously, Nketiah played up front and did pretty well. But uh, Helder Costa signs for 50... I mean, I know it's only a loan, but the deal's done. We've signed him 15 million quid. He's going to be the big, like, hope, exactly what we needed out on the wing to change things for us. Oh, yeah, just playing 23s, playing League Cup, and also we want you to play wing back. <laughs> <laughs> I love Bielsa so much. He <laughs> doesn't care how much you cost, what position you think you play. You are fitting into my system, son. Deal with it. Um, yeah, it was... Clearly, there wasn't a whole lot of care about this game, looking at that team. It, it was nice to see Bogut start and McCalmont start. Yeah, what I would say is, I think that Bielsa did give all kinds of a shit. He seemed very pissed off throughout the game. I think, I think he wants to win. 
I think it's a, I think like most managers, I think managers want to win every game, and I think once a game begins, you want to win that game, and I think you do expect the highest level of performance still. But at the same time, you you cannot say again pointing to that central midfield of McCalmont, Shackleton, and, and Bogus, and say that was the strongest team we could put out. You know, it was two players making their first start. Yeah, first starts for him, uh, and it's good experience for him. I, uh, I must admit, it was even though I do actually think we were slightly the better side in the first half. We went in two 0 down, and we did lose a little bit of a midfield battle. Like as much, don't get me wrong, this is by no means having a go. McCalmont did struggle a bit. I thought he. It wasn't like when he came on for that last twenty minutes against Salford and just sprayed ball about quite well, where there weren't really any pressure on him. Because Stoke pressed quite well, he got into trouble a few times, he picked up a yellow card. He he wasn't quite there yet. And I, and I think that that's always my argument for kind of giving players like him a few more sub-appearances in games. And, and I know Bielsa at times doesn't just want to throw players on for the sake of it. But I think for young players making that step on, just giving him 20, you know, 20 minutes against Wigan, giving him 15 minutes at the end of the Stoke game or whatever, is going to kind of help that so... Because all of a sudden he's gone from that sub-appearance against Salford to starting against Stoke, who who have put out a fairly decent team for this. I did put on our Twitter before the game, the team they put out for that cup game was stronger than the team they put out in the league game. Again, I think I think that he, you know, I think they were trying to prove a point uh, with a couple of players about their performances from their league games as well by dropping them for the for the league game. Yeah, because he dropped six for that game, didn't he? And he brought most of them back in. Like, I know Butland ended up making a mistake, but he's still an England international keeper. Can we say former yet? Yeah, we can probably say former at this point. But, he, uh, you know, the defenders were stronger. I think the midfield was stronger. And they brought in Tyrese Campbell to play alongside Vokes. And I know that he's like the young striker, but he's played twice against Leeds now. He played in that 1-0 defeat we had at their state in the uh, second half of last season. And he was best player on pitch that day as well. And he's rapid. They they should just be playing him. It was yeah. I I, I listened to the game on LU TV because for love no money you could not get a stream of this game. I'm sure there was a couple of people periscoping it, but no, I I didn't. I must admit I didn't hear of anything. Obviously I was at the game, but normally on Twitter beforehand you'd see something. Yeah, all the usual sources were kind of just saying it, it wasn't available. And but yeah, Bryn Bryn Law and uh, it was Jermaine Beckford was was his co-commentator for this too. I think. Same day announced his retirement. I was just going to say, I've missed that off the news. So, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Good lad, Jermaine. Jermaine Beckford. Yeah, Jermaine Beckford, straight over to Leeds. Having a great time. Yeah, they, they were talking about Tyree Campbell and, and wondering why he didn't feature more in the in the previous game. Yeah, because it was very odd last season. Because when we played him in that game, he got his chance. And that was them kind of, kind of doing what Nathan Jones did on Saturday. He, uh, he threw him in to sort of prove a point. And he was best player on pitch, and then they sent him out on loan about four days later to League One. Sure. It was it was a very strange one, but uh, their goals um, they'd had a couple of headed chances from corners before the goal. Cross came in, and Danny Bath rose above everyone. I think Berardi was meant to be marking him, but he got nowhere near him. Decent downward header. Casilla looked like he got to, got a hand to it. I haven't actually seen replays of most of this, to be honest. From what I saw, it looked like. He gets he gets a hand to it, but I think for the most part, I think his view was obscured. 
so I think he actually did well just getting to it. I think it was a fairly late reaction to it. Yeah. And the the second goal, Tyrese Campbell just burned by Phillips down the left channel. He, he just, one of us just kick it past him, run by him. And the only way Phillips could have stopped him is to hoof him up in the air and you can't really risk getting a suspension in league for a league cup tie. Yeah, especially with the way Phillips has started the season with a few uh, interesting yellow cards. Yeah, a decent ball across and Vokes just like nipped in ahead of... I think Leif Davis was marking him and he just got there and ahead of Kassir and like flicked it past him. Uh, it it wasn't a great first half. I, it, as I say, even though it was 2-0, I do still think we were marginally the better side. Like, Nketiah had a header from a corner that he looked like he really should have done better with. Douglas went close with a decent effort. We had a few assists. He also... Uh... And Ketchy also had that one that curled off the and came off the post. That yeah. was a great chance. That one was more unlucky than all else. That was a really good effort because it was, you know, 22 yards out, struck it really well. Mm. Uh, to be honest, I must admit, you know if, if Bamford had had the exact same game and Ketchy had had? Would we, would we be slating it? I th- we might not be, but some places would be because I think Ketchy had four chances and the one he scored came from a mistake. Yeah. And I think if Bamford had had the same game, <laughs> you'd have seen him getting criticised for it even though he played well yeah he was he was always in the right position uh, I think there was one or two chances especially in the second half that were either just a yard too far in front of him or a yard behind him and he just couldn't get his feet sorted in time um, but yeah good to, good to see him getting another 90 minutes and I was I was glad he got a goal yeah uh, f- half time Bielsa three subs uh, Ben White Jack Harrison and Adam Forshaw on for McCalmont, Shackleton and Jack Clark. All three of those subs played really well. But we do have to mention Jack Clark, who I know you only heard radio, but did they mention his name? Not very hard. Him and honestly McCalmont was the other one who I never really noticed coming up. But again, Jack Clark, who he's just he's got nothing at the moment. He just honestly Clark Clark and McCalmont were the two weakest players on the pitch in that first half. But McCalmont, McCalmont did more wrong, but he also did more right. Jack Clark just didn't do anything. I, I, I think the the bad thing is now. So I don't know if you've seen this, and a couple of people have made a, a little bit more of it than we probably should. That as the, as the players arrive at the ground and are kind of walking in, obviously you got all the the fans kind of behind a gate. They're all high fiving people, taking a couple of selfies and stuff like that. And Jack Clark is just head down, just walks in. And again, for the, for the most part, uh, I would just say, listen, it's it's before a game. Whatever a player wants to do, if they yeah. if they want to get in a headspace and just get in and go. I mean, fine. he might he might have needed a piss. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I haven't. I must admit, I haven't seen anything about this. I haven't seen anyone say it. It was it was just one of those things. I think it's from our own Snapchat of you know, obviously, Janny Alioski being an absolute spectacle for our Snapchat feed. Mm. But yeah, I think it's just one of those things that I don't think it'll be a big thing, but there were certainly a few people who'd, who'd caught wind of this and just tried to turn it into something. Yeah. But what, when, you, when you're playing like he is, it, it's very easy for stuff like that to happen. Yeah. Uh, the second half, though, were a completely different story. We absolutely battered them. Could have had four or five in this half, no problem. But we... We didn't actually get the goal until they screwed up. Uh, Butland continuing his nightmare season, smashes a clearance off his defender's back. Good awareness, Wolfman Ketia. 
Yeah, just picked it up straight away. Reacted quickly, flicked it past Butland, passed it into empty net. And as soon as that goal went in, you know, you could see someone coming. I must admit, like, at half-time in this game, my dad went down for a cig and I went down with him. And I uh, I backed the comeback at 11-2. to I didn't back us to win in normal time, I backed us to qualify. Because okay. at half-time, I was pretty confident we'd come back into it. And we got that goal, mm. and then I was really confident. Uh, we had another couple of good chances. Leif Davis had a header from a cross that went really close, but he probably should have hit target with. He didn't even have to jump, and he was free. So not very not very good Davis. No, not very good Davis. But very good Davis on the equalising goal was a cracking cross. Yeah, ju- just beaten Ketia at middle, and Costa arrives at far post to finish it off. I'm glad to see him get off the mark as well. Yeah, I, d- I don't think any of us were expecting that that's how he was going to score his first goal. Your pacey winger with a header, but no, I must admit with Costa it was a bit weird. He was always a threat. He always looked like he could do something. In the first half, he had a couple of really good and dangerous runs. One really good effort from Edge at Box after one of them, but he did lose the ball too much. Second half, he got a bit better with his ratio. He, he kept when he went for a run and nothing was on, he'd check back and keep the ball in the second half. So he was a lot better then. Again, you, you kind of wonder if that's because he he looks at the. Obviously, it doesn't catch her up front, but the midfield support is three fairly inexperienced players. And I don't know if he, he kind of looks at that and thinks, well, I might as well do this myself. Yeah. As opposed to second half. Then you've got Forshaw coming on, you got Harrison coming on. Yeah, I can say the addition of those three players at halftime, it made all the difference in the world. Because obviously, White came on, which pushed Phillips into midfield. And Forshaw was on. So we had a, a proper midfield back, really. But... He's proved, Bielsa's proved plenty of time. One centre-back is plenty. Yeah. Like, it was just, <laughs> playing none didn't work. Playing one when one of, when it's Ben White was absolutely fine. Uh, I must admit, I thought Berardi wasn't particularly good in this game. It was absolutely fine against Stoke, but even in the second half when everyone else picked up, Berardi made a few pretty big errors. Mm. Like he ran, he ran out with the ball. He ran forward like 10 yards and ran from the right channel to nearly the left channel and then lost the ball when he had like three passes on and he didn't play any of them and stuff like that. He just wasn't at his best in this game. But the, I mean, Harrison had a really good effort that went close as well. We had a header late on from a short corner that was... Not far wide, and then Ketian nearly got a flick on. Yeah, we, we really the second half we we picked it up massively. Well, it's good as well. I was because at this point I was during the second half and into the shootout. I was heading out, so I was I was listening to the game on the radio still. And the the thing I loved during the goal was that the the crowd noise was so loud you actually couldn't hear Bryn Law. Oh, cool. Which I, which I loved. It was absolutely fantastic hearing something like that. I'll tell you what else was fantastic. 30,002 for a Tuesday night League Cup game. Yeah, I didn't see... I saw somewhere that it's a record sec, for a second round game. Uh, stats tweeted that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Dal- Dalton said so, and I believe him. Yeah, I was trying to figure out if that's an all-time record or or how that's kind of worked out but it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if that's the record all time for a second round tie at Ellen Road in the League Cup because when you read when you read back uh, I haven't had a chance to actually read Moscow White's book yet I have got it though mm. there's a there was on the Squareball podcast where they did like a special about the book there was loads of times where everyone about you know small crowds due to ticket prices you know 70 years ago 
Just just to go back to something, are you telling me Moscow White wrote a book? Yeah, he did. He wrote a book. They don't mention it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, absolutely. And it tells you about how, how much we've changed as a club, I think, in this last year since Bielsa arrived. And the, the fact that for a League Cup game, we can get that. Because we've had other points where we've been playing well and we wouldn't get that sort of a turnout for playing a team in the same division or playing a championship team when we're in League One. Yeah, definitely. Um, then, obviously, you add the penalties. Penalties is not a lot of it, as much as people say it is, because it does come down to technique and ability to handle pressure and stuff like that. But I've never been more annoyed for being right. I think the second it went to penalties, because I actually I had to turn to my dad because I went, they have got rid of extra time, didn't they? They did that last season. Mm. And yeah, yeah, and I went. I just hope we don't have either Forshaw or Harrison take a penalty. I think they're both having good seasons, but you know when you just really don't fancy someone to score. All the penalties were pretty much. I think in fact, I think every penalty up until Harrison's was a good penalty. Even Butland's one, because although it was a little bit scuffy, he hit it hard and it was right in the corner. Yeah, uh, but the, and when Harrison started walking up. He did not look confident. Yeah, it, it's tough. I mean, it came, obviously it came back off the post. It wasn't, I'd be more annoyed if it was an easy save for the keeper. What I would say is, even though it hit the post, it was a really good height for the keeper as well. Mm. Like it was halfway up. It really, it, it just didn't look confident. The one I expected to end up taking one, because when I guess, when we were guessing who would be the five, I had the same four except I had four the same but I had Ben White instead of Harrison it's just because he's such a confident footballer because he's mm. so confident you know like Rio Ferdinand when always used to take one in a shootout yeah just because he had he's, he was always confident and I thought that he'd be the same but uh, ah, ah well end of day if you're going to go out early in the League Cup which you do most seasons because you don't really take it that seriously going out on penalties is fine we can still say we're unbeaten it was amazing as well just to go just to go back a, a little bit when uh when we equalized to see the stoke players reactions i must admit i didn't really notice that uh just just watching the highlights back you just see it with it the players in and around the penalty area or just kind of keeling over or sitting down and you could just see their heads had gone at that point well they got away with it but was it a bit like the uh because on this one they didn't. Was it a bit like Blackburn on Boxing Day? Yeah. Because when we made that 2-2, they all laid on the floor and then we weren't that shocked when we got the third because of how much it killed them. Yeah. The other the other nice thing uh, to see, and I think this was a video that uh, Moscow White shared, was the ball boys trying to put the Stoke penalty takers off. Yeah, I did see I did see that. That was quite funny. That's uh, a nice touch, just getting six of them in the line and just... Right, go on, boys, do your worst. Yeah. Obviously, uh, we don't get the point because the answer was McCalmont, but Bogarts did play before Strike. <laughs> yes. Strike wasn't on the bench for this one, but he was on the bench at Stoke. I was really shocked, particularly with Cooper out and him resting Ben White. I was amazed that Strike didn't get a game. Actually, I found it, yeah, he was, because he, he was on the bench in the league game, but not for this one. Yeah, it was it a strange just seemed one. an odd choice, but. We both got that wrong because we both had us winning. I had 3 0, you had 2. Uh, puts you back in the lead after seven games because you've got four correct results and no scores. 
which is eight. I've only got one result, but I've had a correct score, so I've got seven. That's close already. Yeah, uh, there's really not much news. Uh, two loans out. Pavel Kabitsky's gone to Ado Den Haag for the season. Didn't realise he was still a thing. And Rafa Mahika has gone on loan to Extremadura for the season. Did I, I read that there was uh, the potential for that to become a permanent deal as well. If it did say that, I didn't see it. That would be even more weird. I mean, we've just signed him. I thought that he would just play in the 23s and stuff like that. But he's been shipped straight out. But I think the thing is, if you look at the 23s, there's... Because I think at this point, Temenoshkov has graduated from the under-18s now. Oh, yeah. I mean, he spent mo- he spent nearly all the last season with the 23s. He's definitely there now. Yeah. And you've got Edmondson. Uh, I may as well say it, as you're mentioning him, the second bit is Leeds under-23s beat Ipswich 1-0, Ryan Edmondson scored. There you go. On his so comeback do, from know, injury. Lovely. So, yeah, I don't know where Mahika fits into that team then. It might have been just a bit of a punt that doesn't cost much and he's took yeah. a chance and then maybe be able to see him in training and thought, nah. Yeah, I also wonder if the reason Edmondson is still here is because Tyler Roberts isn't fully fit, that he's he's kind of thought, well, I think Edmondson would probably be your third choice striker at this point in terms of the players that are available now. Yeah, he'd probably be my third choice because he's an actual striker, but I feel like both Harrison and Costa would probably end up starting there before Rand at the minute. Yeah, perhaps. I think I think it just kind of made sense, or to me anyway, to keep Edmondson around, but to have three strikers for your under twenty threes just just seem a bit a uh, bit extreme. Yeah. Also, generally speaking, Bielsa, if he rates a player, would rather keep him around. Yeah. So even if he don't think he's going to play a single minute this season, he'd probably rather just keep him around. Yeah, and Extremadura doesn't exactly scream, you know, scream of this kid's got potential. Let's let's get him some playing time. But we'll see. It's second tier rather than the third tier that Oriol Ray etc. went to. But yeah, you know, he's he's how oh, well like, don't we haven't really lost out on him. Uh, and Leeds have made a signing today. I don't know if you've seen it because Leeds United's Twitter didn't announce it. I have not seen this. Leeds have signed 17-year-old midfielder Josh Galloway on a. Second year scholarship from Carlisle. Another one from Carlisle. Yeah, undisclosed fee goes into the 18s. Uh, Stephen Presley wasn't happy about it. But he wasn't like having a go at Leeds for it. He was just like, look, this is the way it is nowadays. He was a good young player. Apparently, he played for first team in pre season and looked good from, That's re- good to know. from reading the comments of Carlisle fans. But yeah, a- another young one in. I wouldn't, I'm assuming uh, McCarran's injured because we haven't seen out of him yet. In 23s. Yeah, not, no mention of him yet, so... I think he must just have a knock or something. Stick him on the injury list. Mm. I was going to say, can we talk about Stuart Dallas for a while now? Oh, yeah, you need to uh, wax lyrical, don't you? On, honestly, I from since start this in, even kind of throwing in the last few games of last season, I, I think he looks head and shoulders a completely different player than kind of... You think back to last season, that West Brom game when he got when he got torn to pieces. He had a run of about four games where he was dreadful. Yeah, and I honestly thought this is this is the entry. Like I I, I like Stuart Dallas. I don't think I've never thought he was going to set the world on fire, but I've always thought as a winger, whether you play him on the left or right, he'll, he'll do a decent job for you. Um, this run for him at right back, kind of like I said, starting from the the tail end of last season. 
he looks so confident. I, I think he enjoys the freedom that he's allowed to get forward still. And I, I, I think he, of anyone, fully deserved to get that goal at Stoke. I just, I think he's been absolutely marvellous this season so far. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think he's been brilliant. Because around that really bad run of form he had, I mean, I said, I think I said the sentence, I don't ever want to see him at fullback again. Yeah, which I don't think anyone would have been blamed for at that uh, point. Like, uh, yeah. I, I know I said something like that. I think I, there was one game where I gave him like a one and a half out of ten in the play ratings. On through it all together, which you should all visit. Because uh, now it affects me. <laughs> uh, but no, he has been he has been terrific this season. Like Luke Ayling's back in training, so he won't be fit for a few weeks. But if Dallas keeps playing like this, Ayling will just be on bench. Yeah, Bielsa doesn't drop players that are playing well. Yeah, and I think we was it you that mentioned it that when uh, asked about returning to the team, Luke Ayling was thinking, ah, "I'll play centre back; it's easier." Yeah, while that's running, you might you might get a little bit of that at times this season. But yeah, honestly, like I, I hope he, I hope he keeps playing like this, and I hope he makes it a battle for Ayling to get back into the team because I, I think very much in that. Uh, Bielsa style of, of turning wingers into wing backs and but still keeping them that freedom. I, th- I think he's absolutely flourished these these last you know these last ten games he's played in. Yeah, no, he deserves all present world. He has been really good. Uh, you know, and that, and that's you look at the football we've been playing in some of these games, and it has been fantastic. The passing, especially the second half at Stoke. Uh, I think Forshaw's another one who's who's made a step up. All I did comment that I think he could play as many games as Jack Charlton and probably still will never get a goal for us. No, his finishing isn't up to much, but rest has been good. And I suppose the thing is, we did say last season that both of us said that we didn't think Forshaw was a bad player when he was getting off a stick. We just didn't think he could play in Phillips' position. Mm. Well, he's not playing in Phillips' position now and he's been really good. <laughs> yeah, he's he's playing as the centre mid. He's playing Clicks role, basically. And, I, and I, to be honest, I, I've been pleased with Click because I think he's doing better this season at 10 than he did last season. Oh, no, definitely. Like, he's got, I think he's got the most chances created in the league. Yeah, I think I think if you click, you'll probably be disappointed. You know, I think he'll be disappointed that he hasn't scored more in the league so far or at all. Yeah. But, you know, again, he's, he's doing what he did at the start of last season. I think he's getting into good shooting positions. He's... He's been a little bit selfish at times, which I'm not, as you know, me as a striker, I'm not disappointed by in any way. I think he's working the goalkeepers enough to to warrant taking those shots. It's it's one of those things that, that, that at the moment there's there's not really a weak link in that team you could you could pick on with the start you know with the starting lineup in the league games. No, I mean I am not. I'm never the guy to get massively overconfident. If we could guarantee zero injuries, I'd say, yeah, we'll go up. But that's not how football works. You're going to get injuries. And I'm still worried about the lack of depth at centre-back. Yeah. Um, and you're going again, to have, it doesn't matter who your manager is, you are going to have a bad run at some point. Everyone does. Yeah. I mean, even like even Arsenal's Invincibles had a bad run. It's just that they got away with it with like four games where they drew three and won one, playing badly. Yeah. You know, it, it, you, you, no one plays well all season. One thing I, I do want to mention, just in terms of kind of looking back at last season, is when we talk about the lack of depth at centre back. Uh, obviously, kind of with the Brentford game, there's there's quite a bit of talk around Pontus Janssen coming back and him not being a Bielsa player and and things like that. 
one of the things I will say is that that period when I was home last year and it, and it started with the Bristol City game at home when Cooper was out injured and that's when we, at times we were playing either back two of Phillips and Janssen or a back three of Phillips, Janssen and Halmer and honestly thought no matter what anyone says about Janssen maybe not being a ball playing central defender there was a two-month period there where I think Pontus Janssen was was absolutely outstanding at that point. No, he was he was really good over that period when you were back. Like I think there was five or six games in a row where I gave him like an eight or higher. It was it was really good. And but it's early days, and it's but and it, I don't really even want it because it's early days. But I think Ben White's better. Yeah, I think I think Ben White <laughs> totally suits. Bielsa style more because I think his his range of passing is better than I think Janssen at times Janssen at times you know pretty much at least once a game would look to kind of bring the ball over halfway and take players on I think Ben White style is gets the ball he gets his head up and he spots passes out wide and I think he starts attacks quicker than Janssen could well it's one of them where the stats that I saw when I hadn't seen him play much really backed it up because uh, can you remember that thing that I was on about that Rams? I think it's a Sferinus put out on Twitter where you were look where I was saying before we signed him, his tackle mm. one and stuff weren't that great, but he had the passing stats of a good central midfielder. Yeah, and that has really been borne out. I think he's been absolutely fantastic. He's definitely at the minute my favourite to win young player at year, and he's not fat and he has a shout for the overall. I think he's been that good. I actually put in his player ratings after the Stoke game away. When I grow up, I want to be Ben White, followed by what do you mean he's eight years younger than me? (laughs) (laughs) But I thought it was excellent. And I think now, if you you look at, I think once we get back to a relatively fit squad, I I think your four options at centre-back probably look like Cooper, White, Berardi and Ailing. Yeah, I think that's most you know, likely as well. At Ailing, the obviously, I think, I think, I think, I think he'd want Ailing as his first choice right back. But I think if 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 it came to, it, I think that's when you see Ailing move into the middle, and Dallas would come back in at right back. Particularly the way teams are lining up against us, I think this back three is going to be really common this season. And yeah, Ailing right, White in middle, and Cooper left. I think that works quite well in theory. Yeah, because uh, uh, I think... Obviously, that's if we're playing in one at games where Phillips gets to push up and doesn't drop into centre-back like the second half of the League Cup game. Yeah, I, and I think... And this is kind of surprising given that it's Bielsa that we've we've shown even more tactical flexibility this season than we did last season. Oh, definitely. I think last season, Bielsa just wanted them to become a Bielsa team. Now, the majority of them have had a year of being a Bielsa team, so he can now do tweaks within that. Whereas last year, yeah. it would have been more difficult to do that. Yeah, and I think that's probably where we've come to see the more asymmetrical formations in the last few weeks and, and trying to overload the you know one side. Well, we did it again, second half, he stuck. I mean, second half, we had Douglas out on the left with Harrison and Leif Davis pushing out and pushing up from left centre-back. And on the right, we had Helder Costa on his own. Yeah. It was it was so of such an overload at one point. It was it was almost comical. And I'm 
I just wish I'd have been able to be in our season ticket seats for it that weren't available. So I was a lot lower down because we were in East and lower. But I'd have loved to Did seen they? it from high up because I bet it looked really weird. Leeds having like four players on the left wing. <laughs> Did they... Did they close the stand upper? Yeah, they didn't open it. I'm guessing the corporate seats probably would have been still going. But yeah, I think the day before the game, they opened up a little. They opened up like three blocks at the cop end of the stand upper, just because the ticket yeah. sales went so well. But for the most part, it was closed. Because obviously, I'd have much rather just got the ticket on my season ticket and gone back up there, but wasn't an option, unfortunately. Yeah, and in, in my preparations for the new season have been ordering some new coaching gear and there is a, a book about uh, Marcelo Bielsa's rotations and interchanges, which I've been getting with some coaching gear. So that'll be uh, an interesting read. Well, when I'm get sure that. your under eights are going to fucking love it. Hey, hey, whoa. Under tens, mate, get it right. <laughs> Sorry, did you graduate? <laughs> uh, I've, got, I've got my under tens and my under twelves. And to be fair, my under-12s are uh, essentially the third team. So I think they'll be struggling this season to to implement this Bielsa-like system. But Fuck it. Go all out. Go full on. Try and get them playing Bielsa balls. I think the problem is... Is it seven aside at that age? Uh, it's, we're up to 9v9 now. <laughs> but I think the problem is because... Obviously, with the Bielsa system, as you as you get older, you, you your knowledge tactically means you become more aware of player movement. I think if I try to overload one wing, because of the lack of tactical insight, other teams will just stay perfectly in their formation and expose the huge gaps that would be left. Yeah, when you inevitably lose the ball. <laughs> no, no one's the centre mid's not drifting across to uh to try and mark the the you know their opposite number who is. Keanu. Yeah, just... It's, uh, yeah, I think, unfortunately, I think think they need to be more tactically aware first, but, you know, it's a big step for them this season. They're going from playing a 2-4-2, which is a horrible formation for me, is it, at 9v9, to they were playing a classic 3-2-3 this year. Ah, you see, if you were really, it'd be a (laughs) 2-2-5. And yes, no goalkeeper. I meant that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so we, we we are implementing goalie when needed you're taking a Thiago Motta thing the goalkeeper pushes out and joins the midfield <laughs> right uh, Saturday Swansea first v second oh, this could be interesting it has to be said based on XG and stuff it looks as if second does flatter Swansea a bit but they have been good uh They've had 2-1 win against Hull, 0-0 v Derby, 3-2 win against Preston, 3-1 win at QPR, and a 3-0 win against Birmingham. And they also won 6-0 in the League Cup second round against Cambridge. That's not ideal. No, uh, they've played 4-2-3-1 every time. Uh, Freddie Woodman in goal on loan from Newcastle, England Youth International, he's pretty good. Back four's pretty strong, Connor Roberts at right back, Mike Van der Horn and Joe Rodon, and Jake Bidwell at left back, who always played well for QPR against us. Mm. And either of those fullbacks could drop out for Kyle Norton or they could play Norton as well if they wanted five at back against us. But I don't think these will change. I think they'll stay 4-2-3-1. Yeah. Centre mids, Matt Grimes, who is now good, apparently. I don't believe it. I don't believe it either, but apparently he is. And he'll probably be alongside either Jay Fulton or George Byers. 
Uh, Fulton's played more. He's another one that's quite good and quite young. But the front four, if they play their first-choice ones, is a pretty strong front four. Uh, the attacking mids, Andre Ayew, who's like, he was, what, 20 million? Yeah, I'm still not entirely sure what he's doing in the championship. Yeah. Uh, Bursant Salina, who was only five or six million, but was a bit of a bargain. And Jan Dander, that's really good players. And they've got Nathan Dyer as well as an option. And Borja Baston up front, who's got five goals already. I know he's been out on loan for the last two seasons, but they did pay 15 million quid for him. Yeah. So it's a really good front four. Uh, they've got Sam Surridge on loan from Bournemouth to back him up. Uh I say they have played pretty well. They've got lucky in a couple of games, but same same amount of points as us. Uh, other than Liam Cooper coming back in for Berardi, which is pretty much confirmed, would you expect Hope to change from the Stoke away game? No, I don't, I don't know how you change the team from that game. To be honest, as uh, you know, as, as much as there is an argument for including either Inketcher or uh, Costa. I don't think you can change the team after that performance at Stoke. No, I agree. I think, obviously, Cooper comes back in for Berardi, but outside of that. Uh, speaking of Cooper, have you seen he's finally got called up by Scotland? Yeah, he's finally made it. I, I don't know what took them so long. Yeah, I mean, it's not like he's just started playing well. He was really good all the last season. Yeah, and... I know it's for second tier, but it's Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, yeah, I'm surprised he's not been even included in more squads, but... If you remember the amount of squads that Ross McCormack seemed to miss out on when when he was with us, and I had no idea why. Yeah, they they didn't used to pick him very often, did they? No. Maybe his gate were broken. <laughs> uh, working out here with uh, with two Scottish guys, I do. It's quite it's been quite funny whenever we talk about the Scottish national team because they finally got two top quality players, and they're and both they left both, backs. They are both left backs. <laughs> Yeah, it's unfortunate. Trying to find a system in which he can get t- uh, Robertson and Tierney in. Do you know who I feel really sorry for in terms of that? I'm going to guess it's the third choice left back here. Barry fucking Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> he's, I think he's got one cap. Yeah. But like, if their left backs were the same quality as their right backs, he'd have 30. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, there's not really a lot to say because their team probably won't change much. Our team won't change much. It, obviously, it's a home game, so you'd you'd have to... It's, there's definitely no home game where I'd say I'd take a point at the minute. But what do you think? I'm going to I'm gonna go out and say we're going to sneak this one. I'm going to say... I'm going to say another 1-0 win. I'm also going to say a sneak because I'm going to say 2-1. Yeah, I think, I think it's going to be a similar game to the Brentford game. I th- you know, I think Swansea will look to attack as well. I think it'll be positive, and I, I think it'll be I think we fine margins in this one. So yeah, one nil. Yeah, as I say, I'm, I'm going to go with two one. I think they're good enough to the way they're playing, the form they're in to get a goal. But as decent as their defence looks, I think we'll I think we've got enough to get to get out of this way win. Uh, and then obviously it's the international break after that. I'd really love us to win because I'd love us to be top at international break. I know it doesn't really mean out, but I just think it's a good confidence boost from and stuff. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I think it's quite nice because you look at our team and we don't really have that many people that are going to be going away either at these at these international breaks, is as best I can tell. 
No, I, I, they have announced a load of them, but I'll be honest, I haven't been paying attention. Dallas will be off with Northern Ireland. Click will be off with Poland. Uh, Alioski will be off with North Macedonia. Yeah, Cooper as with well. With Scotland. So yeah, there's not there's not loads going. Yeah, so I think you know I think it'd be good to keep most of that squad together and and keep them training together. It just keeps them ticking over. But yeah, if they can if they can go in go into that with you know get a win or even going un, unbeaten, then you know I think I think we can all say fairly comfortably it's been a, a good start to the season. Yeah, if we get a win here, it's been a tremendous start. But you know, but Leeds the under twenty threes will have a game during the international break and he'll pick eight of them. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be a full-strength team. But, yeah, I think at the moment, given given the pessimism that was, you know, encroaching at times during during the summer and the start of the season, I, I think this is this is kind of kept a lot of people quiet now all of a sudden that we've we've started this way, unbeaten in the league. You know, we're, we're scoring plenty of goals. Bamford's got himself a few. Um there's there's not a whole lot you could complain about right now. Uh, there is something I can complain about actually. Uh, I've oh, just realised that I haven't mentioned this. Have you seen that uh, someone in the West Stand has been arrested for racism during the Stoke game? Oh, for fuck's sake! Yeah, uh, apparently there was like three incidents that were passed on to stewards, and they might all be getting arrested. Apparently, it was it was really not good. Now the guy that reported it, said, you know, I haven't seen anything like this in the West Stand before today. And yeah. it does have to be said that there was a lot of people who were there who don't normally go at that game. But after what I saw at Wigan and then seeing this, this needs knocking on the fucking head and it needs knocking on it now. Yeah. Because it's not just in football, everywhere. The, the uh, Let's not make myself get bleeped. Uh, the people who think like this are getting more and more prevalent it's uh it's, and i think especially if you you take what was it the current prime minister said about pickaninnies with watermelon smiles mm. yeah that guy's the fucking prime minister so i'm not reading too much into it and I, and i think the issue is the these are also the sorts of people who would try and start fights with the likes of the stoke fans who were singing about Galatasaray. Now it was. It's horrendous, and they shouldn't have done it. But they were. They we have twats. They have twats. Yeah, I don't, I'm not saying you know what is right. And I, and I think the issue is if if stuff like this prevails, and if it ever gets any bigger, then all of a sudden, us whenever we you know talk about uh, you can't sing stuff about Galatasaray, and then it just it kind of weakens that argument when. A very small minority of people that do stupid things like this. Uh, just on a related note, as well, before we finish, it was it was interesting here because on Friday night it was Portland against Seattle. Ooh, local derby by the standards of America. Yes, and there had also been a huge protest here the weekend before, where uh, right wing fascists were met by Antifa protesters. The MLS has banned the uh, has banned a logo, essentially a, a socialist logo that was used by a party that uh, opposed the Nazis. And so a lot of the fans brought in banners and things like that with this logo in. And they also decided to protest by not 
by the Timbers army, the the kind of hardcore fans not chanting for the first 33 minutes of the game. Yeah, it's kind of similar sort of protest to the Union Berlin fans did it against Red Bull Leipzig because they don't consider them a real team. Yeah, so it's just, it's it, politically it's a very interesting time with with football and, and people's behaviour and things like that. It's In many ways, I'm, I'm glad I'm not in the country for some of the stuff that happens, but it does seem to find a way of repeating itself over here as well. Yeah, let's be right. They, they're currently fighting the same issue. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm quite glad for the most part I'm in a very liberal haven that I'm in. Yeah, you have no idea what's going on in your fucking lefty vegan bubble. And he's not vegan. <laughs> he's not vegan, but Portland as a city pretty much is. <laughs> we, we have the world's we have the world's only vegan strip club that will uh, very much tell you a lot about this city. Yeah, I still can't believe that's a thing. <laughs> yep, I kind of want to go. I'm not. I don't even like going to strip clubs, but I kind of want to go. You just want to see. Hang on. So what's the platter? <laughs> it's just deep fried cauliflower it's when a stripper comes out dressed in leather and she gets fucking egged <laughs> well <laughs> no not egged not, not egged, not egged. <laughs> bricked <laughs> yeah egged was my daughter and then we asked no that really wouldn't work would it <laughs> Look at her coming out in her faux fur number. Ooh. Yeah. But if you want to read more about vegan strip clubs, I might be able to talk KC into writing about it on Through It All Together, which is at THRU, it's all LUFC on Twitter. Or just search Through It All Together and it'll come up. Uh, <laughs> at the minute, most of the stories on there are like the play rating, stuff like that, because most of the people have been on, who are up for writing for it have been on shit work schedules. Uh, but I am once again putting out the call. Get in touch with me on Twitter, at For It All Together, or at Mighty White's Pod if you want to write anything. Uh, I have had a couple of responses, uh, and it sounds like they're going to be a goer, but the more people we can get putting their opinions out there, the better. I understand at the minute, because I've been trying to do it myself, writing opinion pieces about Leeds United at the minute isn't that easy, because all the opinion stuff is, yeah, Bielsa's fucking brilliant. Yeah, we are playing dead good. It's really hard to go with, but you know, any oh, you want? I'm obviously I'm not going to say I'm going to publish anything, but if it's something that you want to do, you you will have a very good chance of going up there. That's why I'm writing opinion pieces on 15 years ago. Yeah, because we were shit then, so there's loads to talk about. <laughs> uh, but we're on Twitter at Mighty White's Pod. Uh, the podcast goes up everywhere and obviously you're listening to it so you will have heard that by now uh have you anything to add Casey? I, I could talk about Stuart dallas again for a little bit longer no don't uh, because if you get aroused again your third ball might hurt christ uh yeah well i'll give a ball update if you like that that is a uh, that is i'm gonna have uh, a needle stuck into my balls in about three weeks so that'll be fun is a regular tom brady <laughs> Yes, I do need my ball deflating. Yes. Fucking American sports jokes. Don't get to make many of them because I don't know anything about it. But that'll do it. <laughs> but that'll do us for episode 54. I've been Jack. See ya. And I've been Casey. Have a good one. In a bit. <laughs> <laughs>